Do you want to start a thriving real estate career, but don't know where and how to start? Do you want to become a successful realtor or investor, but lack the required knowledge and skills? Gear yourself up with the best and actionable advice here on The Real Estate Rundown. Tune in as Shannon Robnett talks with industry veterans about all kinds of asset classes, market trends, challenges, management techniques, and success stories. Listen to informative discussions with valuable tips that will serve as the foundation for your incredible real estate venture. Now, here's your host, Shannon Robnett. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Real Estate Rundown. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with a friend of mine, and I really do mean that. Uh, there, are pe there are a few people you meet in this business that you just instantly click with. You have a lot to talk about. You're constantly out there with each other on different topics and different things. And he's also a guy that said, I could visit in this summer, which I plan to do. Awesome. My guest today is Billy Keels. Good, good morning, Billy. How are you? Hey, Shannon. Great to see you, man. Great to talk to you. And absolutely, the feeling is mutual, as you know, my friend. So uh, we'll get to the travel plans later in, in this episode, but I, I wanted to just kind of catch up with you uh, and see what's been going on in your world and what's changed since we spoke last. Wow. Yeah. So uh, there are a number of things that have changed. And, you know, I know you love these conversations. I just want to say one thing, because I think it's really, really important. I know you get out here, you share so much knowledge, you've been a, a master at that. And for anyone who's watching or listening, if you haven't already had a chance to do this, if you could make sure that you at least take a couple seconds to leave an honest written review and rating, that would be something that would be very appreciated, because that means you're going to get the best guests uh, to continue to help you get what you need. So um, just with that stated, it's one of these things It's kind of as a fellow podcaster, and by the way, you crushed it on episode 155 of the going long podcast which was amazing um, and since then yeah a couple things have changed number one uh, after 26 years of being in the corporate world which I really really loved like I well probably loved is a strong word but I really liked it uh, you and I've talked about this I mean I had a really great career in terms of uh, working across Europe Middle East and Africa have in Europe the last 21 years as I mentioned before in the software sales space and so I liked it a lot I was very good at it, highly paid, excelled, and something happened with my father and his health it, towards the latter part of 2021. And it made me realize, Shannon, that um, you know, I could keep going through the motions forever, but I realized that there were things that I still wanted to be able to do. And because I liked the job that I was in, it was a matter of being able to say, all right, well, what else can I be doing? And so after 26 years, it was time to stop that corporate career, uh, now putting a lot of the time and energy into improving and taking to the next level the, the relationships that I have, not just um, with my kids, my wife, my mom, my dad, all those people that I really love and, and spending quality time being with them and actually not just physically, but mentally being with them. And, and also at the same time, being able to, uh, to build a business. So those are kind of the major things that I've been doing um, that I think are important. Oh, the one thing that I have been doing a lot of is losing at video games because I've been playing video games with my kids lately because that's something that I did not do a lot and that's something right. that is it's a bonding moment for us so so let's go yeah. back to the corporate world aspect of things you know you and you and I had this conversation a little bit offline that you know we get so caught up in our careers and we get so caught up in the next level of the game or the next level of of what our accomplishments are that we stop thinking about what we really have and that's a finite resource of our time 
And, you know, you and I were talking about this, Billy, about, you know, the aspect of our fathers are getting older, obviously, because we're getting older. Uh, and the amount of time we actually have, you know, I think that, you know, I have 10 years left with my dad. I'd love to think that I have 10 years left with my dad, right? Mm, yeah. And I see my dad probably six or seven times, eight times a year. I see him for two days. So if I've got 16 days a year, I really only have maximum 160 days left with my dad. Mm, yeah. But I've had... 48 years with him prior to that and when you really break that down now all of a sudden it takes things up a notch with where you need to get and what you need to prioritize and how much each one of those experiences is worth because you're spending the only thing you can never make more of and that is your time and so it's it's one of those things that it's interesting because we, as we we're talking about this before I'd, i've thought about that because i had a conversation before as it related to the engagement that I had with my sons, because as my sons were older, a friend of mine said, hey, look, don't, you know, your, your kids are gonna grow up really, really fast. And I was like, yeah, I know they, everybody says that. And he's like, well, yeah, consider that your oldest son is, I think at the time he was like seven or eight. And he said, well, you, you know, you really only have seven summers with him or 11 summers with him. And I was like, oh my gosh, the paradigm just really shifted. And the similar kind of thing, as we were talking about before, because I've lived in Europe for the last 21 years, right, as a, as a corporate executive, and I was, I was enjoying that and having a lot of time. And I at least made it back once a year. I make it back at least once a year. Uh, up until recently, I'm sure I'll head back more frequently now that I have this more control over my time. But it is one of those things where you start to realize I've been away for so many years. And now if I go back, for me, it's twice a year to the U.S., maybe three times a year. If I think about the, the, the age that my parents are now, well, that's probably another, I don't know, 100 and, well, not, not even 100, like another 40 trips. And so what that does for me mentally is just make sure that every single time, even on the phone, every time that I have a chance to speak to my dad, to my brother, my sister, the, those conversations are much more important and they feel differently now because I've, I sense it in a different way. And definitely when we're back, I don't spend a lot of time doing anything other than enjoying the moment. I mean, of course, we're family. So every once in a while, you may not agree on things, but that's part of it. But I really do enjoy and feel very fortunate to be able to spend more time uh, now when I go when I go back and more quality time. You know, and that's and that's really uh, important that you've recognized that you, that you had that paradigm shift, because, you know, the reality is now the time freedom is what you've really been building toward anyway. Uh, and you've had that corporate backup. You've had it as your, you know, your fidget spinner. You know, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm going to go to the office. I'm going to work on this. But really understanding that you're buying that back and you've worked hard to create a network in an organization that bought you that time freedom, right? And now using it is really what it's about. So what are you doing now that you're not going into your fidget spinner job? What are you doing now? And, and how's that going in, in, your, in your business? Yeah, sure. So the, the first thing that really my focus has been on is, is really spending more quality time uh, with my wife, with my kids to make sure that we are doing the things and with one another in a way that absolutely is is maximizing the experience for ourselves. And, and aside from being able to do that, I've really spent a lot of time focusing on myself as well. Like what are the things that are, that are also important to me that I was not giving myself time to do before, i.e. being able to spend more time in meditation in the morning or being able to just stop in the middle of the day. Like one of the things I love, like the other day, like last Friday, and I even posted this on my, I can't remember if it was on LinkedIn or on Instagram, but I went to go have a massage at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Friday. You know why? Because <laughs> I wanted to be able to treat myself to that. 
And then okay. afterwards, yeah, I worked. There's some mornings I wake up at 3.45 in the morning as well. And I worked like two weeks ago, I got up at 3.45 in the morning, I worked until 6 a.m. And then I got back uh, in bed and I slept for like an hour. And then I woke up and I had breakfast with my son and did my routine. And so being able to, to truly be the owner of my time and use it and invest it in the way that makes the most sense for me and my family with loved ones, myself, and also being able to use that to build a business. And the business that we're building today is really focused on, very similar to you, is, is continuing to help accredited investors who are looking to gain more control over that, that asset, exactly, to that, that same asset, which is ultimately time, and be able to have the freedom to use that time in the way that they want, with whom they want, and when they want. So that's, those and are really the, the areas of focus. Your business has got some particular challenges just due to spatial separation, right? Uh, I think you and I uh, shared this earlier in a conversation that you and I have both been operating remotely before everybody else knew what operating remotely was, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. you know, people always ask me, where are you at? Are you in the States? Are you in Puerto Rico? And I go, well, uh, I'll let you guess, but, you know, uh, but you've been doing that from thousands of miles away for years now. Yeah. And t tell me a little bit more on how you built your business. What was the first things that you did from that distance before Zoom, before all this other popular technology that allows you to re literally reach out and touch somebody anytime you want? How did you build out that business? Yeah, so I'll tell you what. So it, it took a lot of, in the beginning, because there was not a roadmap to be able to do it. It was, you know, for instance, the very first, just to give you an example, the very first property that I purchased because I was focused on properties at the time and I focus on different things now, but um, my wife and I were in Cairo, Egypt. We bought a duplex that was in New Jersey, right? And I live in Barcelona. And yeah, so- no, totally. I, I can see the connection. They all start with <laughs> right. um, not, nothing. No. <laughs> not, not connected. <laughs> exactly, but they're all connected, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, but at that point in time, I had to go to the hotel. So we we're standing in this nice five-star resort out, right, outside of, uh, right outside of Cairo. And I had to go to the business center to scan the document um, actually, I think I even had to send a fax from where we were, but that was the way that I had to do it because I had to have the fax signed and get to the uh, to the closing. Nowadays, you can do that really quickly using whatever electronic signature platforms Absolutely. and things are, are, are pretty easy. So, yeah. you know, I've been doing this for 10 years and it, it's it, what the what the pandemic has done. And, uh, and as I'm sure you've seen as well, Shannon, is it's normalized the things that you and I have now been doing for many years. Technology has also made some things easier, whereas I've been speaking to people on Zoom for eight or nine years, but right. people just seem like that's the thing that only started back in 2020. Well, no, it right. hasn't, right? It just everybody jumped there. Yeah. <laughs> um, go ahead, you want to say something? No, and, and you know, it's funny because they used to think I was really talented for a contractor, right? Really talented for a developer because I used this great technology called Zoom then all of a sudden we realize anybody can use it and you don't even need to wear the full suit. You can just wear shorts and a, and a, and a nice top, right? So, so it's, it's kind of like now that. normalized everything, but it is, it's one of those things that has pushed us into a more disconnected world yeah. where we can now do the kind of things that you and I have done mm -hmm. or people are doing it, allowing you to have even more time control and freedom that that it's you it sounds like you built that out with your corporate job anyway living Correct. in barcelona working all over the world doing what you did then and then just applying it to real estate 
per, first for yourself, and then and then for other accredited investors that joined you on that journey. Yep. That's How has exactly that business it. changed over the years? Yeah. So it's so there's definitely been an uh, an evolution there. So and I and I think what I, also to provide some context, b working in the IT space. So I w I was working in software sales, and I was working in sales and sales leadership. So a lot of what my focus was around outcomes. What was the outcome? It wasn't necessarily, are you spending two hours a day or are you spending 20 hours a day? It's, were you able to be able to identify what the challenges were and get the deal across the line? So having that flexibility of being able to manage my own calendar was one of the things that I've been doing for quite a long time because I'm outcomes focused. I'm not focused on what is the amount of time that I'm spending behind a desk or doing something like that. So I've been very fortunate in being in IT, a lot of the being able to leverage technology was something that is just second nature. And so getting the business started, that worked, but I didn't know what I didn't know at the time, Shannon. So I did things like I mentioned before, in the beginning, I was focused on uh, figuring out what was the property and then I bought the property, but guess what? I didn't have any systems or processes in place. And so I had to start figuring out how to, who were the people that were gonna help me. So I had to build a team on the fly. Uh, I realized that I didn't really know anything about the location where I was purchasing because I only purchased it because it was somewhat close to where my family was. Because I thought at the time, hey, listen, I'm gonna buy something. And if things go wrong, I can at least call dad or I can call my brother and they'll go bail me out. <laughs> that's how I, right? That's how I started. But I had money because I was someone who was in software sales and I was tired of stock market because I had no control. Like that was the biggest right. thing that did not work. And so I, at least with, with the real asset, I started to have control. And so in the beginning, it was really about how do we continue to go and purchase more real assets and, and more real estate? And as I did that, that was something that was positive. And I had people that were um, in, in the US, outside of the US that were really interested. And I realized that, hey, listen, I have a knack for this. And so I continued to build a portfolio and I was doing that actively. And I think at the time I got somewhere up to like 30 properties, which was, you know, working a full-time job where I was really busy. And individual properties, right? Duplexes, single family homes. Yeah, there were small, duplexes. small multifamily. Yeah, small. Yeah. Well, there were small multifamily. And then I ended up, there was so much income coming in that I had to kind of stop. I had to stop because things were just going haywire. I didn't have processes, so I stopped. I got a paid mentor and really helped me understand how to put process in place, how to put systems in place. I ended up buying a mobile home park out of that. And so I recognized that, hey, listen, it wasn't necessarily about where I lived from a geographic perspective. It was, was I clear on what I wanted, why I wanted it? Did I understand really why I was in that specific location? And the key part, and you know about this, is just does the team that I'm building, is it a world-class team, is it an A-class team, do they understand the location? And then ultimately, whether I'm purchasing pieces of energy equipment, whether I'm purchasing a multifamily or I'm purchasing ATM machines, none of it mattered. As long as they were all aligned, then I knew that not only myself, but my investors had the highest probability of success. And so you ask me kind of how it's evolved. Well, it started out with the smaller multifamily, uh, smaller multifamily uh, real estate. I then found out about passive investing and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool because I can actually literally just give somebody else $200,000, $300,000 and they will do all the work and I can keep doing the work in my day job right. because I didn't even know that that existed. That was one of the things I didn't know existed while I was here. Right. And so then I started investing in other things. Uh, one of the things that also happened and probably happens to a lot of people when you're a high paid uh, executive and you're, and you're working is all of the real estate that was happening was, was working really, really well, extremely tax efficient, <laughs> but I got these things called passive losses. And so I didn't know how to fix those um, right. because I had a lot of money that was stuck there. And then I figured out a way to, to be able to do that. And so we've also gotten into another area, which is into the energy space. 
And so what I started out with in real estate has really evolved to recognize any type of real asset that can help to put cash flow into your pocket and also be tax efficient. There are a lot of different vehicles that are out there that can help me and anybody else get to the destination. You just have to be clear on what destination you want to get to and how quickly you want to get there. Well, and you know, what's, what's funny, Billy, is your story is so similar to so many other people that I've interviewed that you've interviewed, right? You started out knowing you needed something. You started out knowing that change needed to happen. You started out knowing that the stock market wasn't something you could rely on. You needed more control. And you even felt this is this is something that I'm going to take as a takeaway. Your vision of the stock market being more out of control than working in Cairo, living in Barcelona, and buying a duplex in New Jersey, the stock market was more out of control than that, right? So, so I know I never thought about it that way, Shannon. But that I is, mean, that's kind of nuts. Can I use that? Right? Can I use that? In the, you can use that, man. All right, it's your story, man. But you know, the only thing that would have made that better is if you would have had, you know, like. Uh, like 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 the Barnum and Bailey uh, property management company working for you at that time, right? But you know, here's the other thing that's very similar with everybody that that I find to be successful. They keep doing it, and they and and they see places where things fall apart, and there's holes in the system, and then they go up a level. They grab a mentor. They spend some money getting systems in place. But it's not before the pain becomes very substantial, right? And you feel like you're going to burst at the seams on both areas in your day job. And then, and then all of a sudden your, your real estate is doing all this crazy stuff. And then you start to see, okay, now I've got this together. And now this machine is printing cash. And now I have another problem. What's that? Well, now I have this greedy uncle that's wanting to get into my pocket. And so then oh, yeah. as entrepreneurs and as, 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 you know, robust business builders, we go out and we kill that dragon, right? Yep. And so every single one of these things, and it's, and it's funny because a lot of people get the analysis paralysis and, and they never really get started, or they, they want to analyze it and know where every possible boogeyman is. And I think the thing that you and I figured out was cash reserves and the longevity of actual ownership solves a lot of problems. Even if Absolutely. you bought real estate in 08 at the very peak of the market, if you had cash reserves and you kept that piece of real estate and you didn't get funky loans on it, or you were able to figure that part of it out, you are in a position now that you're really pleased with that decision. So you mentioned a couple of things that is, is really important. So one of the things that happens to many people, right? Because I, I was, a, for instance, in my, in my family, I'm a first time accredited investor. I did not know what I did not know. And so you can fall into these traps of number one, I was also an A student, like this is almost, this is super classic, right? Um, a student, so I've got the, the, the great dopamine hits when I got the A's and the teacher saying, hey, you're doing all the right things. And so you wanna to continue to try to do that when you go into the corporate world. And so as I was moving up the, the corporate ladder, you start realizing, hey, listen, wow, you're doing more and more and you're doing more work than everybody else. You're, you're in the top talent program, you're going to Hawaii because you're a top achiever and all of these things. And then you try to apply that similar type of logic also because you wanted to, when you're doing the presentations, like everything had to be perfect. You take that into the real world, right? And you realize that, hey, listen, it's not about making sure that you make the absolute perfect decision because those don't exist. You just have to make a decision, start to course correct, because if you're an A student, it's okay. You're probably not gonna get it right the first time, but along the way, you're gonna course correct. As you're not waiting for uh, all of the information to make a decision, 
right? Because that's one of the other things that I used to struggle with. I found this great principle. Now, you, I'm sure you probably heard of it, the 4070 principle. Uh, General right. Colin Powell talked about it, right? The minimum when he was making a relevant decision was having a minimum of 40% of the information and no more than 70% of the information. Because what that allows you to do is have enough to make a decision, but not wait for perfection. And so that's right. one of the things, one of the principles that I've continued to, to work to install so that ultimately you can move forward and you can help others to move forward. So, you know, I think those are, those are some of the things that you overcome so that you're able to move forward and get closer to your goals much faster. You know, and, and it's, it's not classic that you as an A student got out of the rat race, got away from the dopamine hits to find your own dopamine hits. And just as a side note, when my teachers saw me get A's, they knew I was copying somebody else's paper. So let's just be honest. I didn't get the dopamine hits. I knew if I got too high a score, they were going to know that I was sitting next to Sarah because she she had all the right answers, right? Shannon, come over here. Come over here. What are you doing? I was was in that bottom uh, class. uh, I'll tell you a funny little quick side story. Uh, when I got my real estate license in the state of Idaho, you have to give them uh, a copy of your diploma. Mm-hmm. I didn't have my diploma uh, because it really wasn't worth keeping, really. I mean, you know, and so I had to go back to my high school, my local high school to get my diploma. And I went there and the lady said, oh, where's that? You know, I said 1991. She goes, oh, that's on Microfish. Come back in three days. This lady was working there when I went there, right? So I came back uh, the three days later. And she said, yes, can I help you? And I said, I'm here for my, my diploma. I told her my name again. And she goes, oh, yeah. And she looks at it and she's handing it to me. And she goes, why in the world would you want that thing? And before I could even stop myself, Billy, I said, so that I don't have to work here. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I graduated with a 2.33, right? Oh. I got out of high school mostly because the teachers voted and they decided they didn't want to see me again. Right. We, don't, we, don't want, we don't want Shannon again here. <laughs> no, you know, there's only so many pottery classes this guy could take. We need to get him onto the real world, right? But it was from that that I had that, you know, that drive and that, that you know, A students, you know, they're the ones that, that run the companies, the, the C and the D, or the B and the C students are the ones that are, you know, middle management and the, and the D students are the ones that own it, right? And I've yep. always kind of been that because I've been unhirable, mm. right? I mean, I don't have a college degree. I don't have those kinds of things. But I've done the same thing that you have in a lot less structured way, and we've gotten to the same result. In fact, I think you're a lot farther along the road of that than I am. And you've seen that as that progression happens, first you're doing it yourself, then you're seeing, wow, I can help others with this. Then you're seeing how, wow, I've got a tax problem. Now from the tax problem, we're going to that typical, how can I solve this and yep. become tax efficient. I love the way that you say that because efficiency is really what it's all about. It's about getting the maximum result with the least amount of effort and expense. Yeah, you know, one of the things in, when we had that conversation when you, when you were on my podcast and I just thought it was absolutely phenomenal because it is when you're looking for a solution and something hurts you enough, and it doesn't mean something is absolutely terrible, but it hurts you enough that, to take action. You're like, hang on a second. Well, I don't want to give my Uncle Sam 40% of what I'm doing every day, because I'm doing 100% of the work. And if that means I can have a geographic change of location in order to figure out how I can actually use more of my time in the way that I want to do it, then that's an option that works for me. That vehicle works for me today. And you know what, if I'm doing something else, or I'm a real estate professional, and I want to put everything over on uh, real estate, or I want to put it in ATM machines, well, then I can do that too, because those vehicles work for me. It's about 
what is the destination that you're looking for and how quickly do you want to get there and are you willing to take the calculated risks to get there because right. there's a risk in every single thing that you do the day that you walk out of the house there's a risk are you willing yeah. to take that yes or no or do you just want to stay in your house every day i don't want right. to stay in my house every day i leave every day you leave every day we get exactly. on planes all the time yep. and so it's about calculating it and one, one of the other things that we that we you said earlier and i, I wanted to, to to talk about but it's also in the beginning you may not have the education but it is important to surround yourself with people that have the education release especially if it's a matter of financial resources and this is one of the things that i mentioned earlier but i didn't finish when you are an a student and you want to try to do everything yourself and you don't come from a home, a household with money, you try to keep all the money in your bank account and do as much as you can yourself. But the challenge with that whole philosophy is there's only 24 hours in a day. Right. So there's only so much Billy that goes around. Exactly. And yeah. so guess what? It's about figuring out who is the best person and how can I leverage their talents, yeah. leverage their team, leverage their skills and release the, the the finances release the, the the money that's in the bank or the currency i know you and i like to talk about the currency that's right. there because right. that's going to give you the time freedom that you need or allow you to use your time in the way that you want it took me a while to get that right shannon but yeah. once i started realizing it's about placing and using the resources the financial resources that i have so that i can do the things that i'm best at and surround myself with others that are best in class at what they do yeah that's when you start to really enjoy life so how did you disconnect that A student personality enough or teach? Did you just reprogram it? Did you just teach it how to do other things to get you to the place where you could get your head around it? So a couple of things happened. One, uh, the, the first thing that started even getting in that direction was when I lost. So in 2000, I lost a portion of my portfolio. I'd been working five or six years. My financial advisor was like, yeah, don't worry, we're going to do some DCA, it'll come back. And I was like, DCA, what is DCA? And he's like, dollar cost averaging, you know, it's kind of like putting the same amount of money and eventually it will come back. And he was right. The challenge was in 2008, the financial crisis happened and I lost 33% of the value of my portfolio. And I was like, this, this, this sucks. Like, I'm not going to go through this again. And Where's so it was that. Cost it was, average here. Yeah, exactly. Like there, the, the pain that that caused me was enough for me to actually start taking like getting educated learning about real estate i saw rich dad poor dad i picked it up it took me a while to actually read it it took me actually missing my son's third birthday for me to actually realize like this corporate gig is not really what i signed up for because i wanted to be a really good dad i wanted to be present i wanted to be there for things that were important like birthdays and i missed that that crushed right. me and right. so that's what actually started putting me into a place um shannon where i decided even if it wasn't perfect i was going to start taking action and then I realized that when I, and I, I took action, bought that duplex, bought more and the positive results that were happening of something that I had more control over. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to do more of this. I got to do more of this. And then I also realized that, hang on a second, I'm trying to do all this stuff. I'm excelling at the job. I'm excelling at the, at building this business. What's happening with family. I got to make sure that I'm keeping all this together. And that's when I realized I cannot do this by myself. I have to get help. And that's when I realized this money's here for something. So that's when I started paying for the mentor. That's when I started paying to be a part of masterminds. That's when I started paying for education because that's what helped me. And then the same thing started happening to me in my business as I was making the transition. But I realized, cause I've been you know, working two jobs for nine years, but <laughs> the last year and a half or the last two years, I started realizing, okay, hang on a second. I free, I'm freeing up more of my capital and I'm going to use this capital effectively. 
And right. so then I started hiring the right people or getting the right people on board is probably the right, the, the right verbiage to say, getting the right people on board that could actually do the things that I wasn't good at. All of the financial stuff, all of the operational stuff, all of the yeah. things that I don't like doing and it was taking me a lot of time. Like now I've surrounded my, myself with people that love doing that stuff and they're really, really good at it, a lot better than I am. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the, 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 the evolution that's taken place and how I've gotten here, but it definitely wasn't perfect. And it's taken focus, dedication, financial resource and me just being behind the, being behind what I'm doing and sticking to that. Well, and I think that that's, I, I think that that's a really huge key because I think if there's one stumbling block, if you could point to the number one stumbling block in people getting involved uh, in, in their in their own financial freedom, it is perfection. People spend so much time trying to get it perfect that they never get anything. And and the reality is, you know, the the thought process uh, that that was new for me in getting into this, you know, uh, accredited investor uh, world is in the syndication world is just that. I need that knowledge and other people will give me that knowledge. I can mentor with other people because in the construction and development world, it's a dog eat dog world. They are here for blood and they are here for yours rather than theirs, right? Yeah. And so as I've gotten more and more involved in, you know, like the real estate guys and some of the other mentor groups that I'm in, I have seen people actually pouring into me and yeah. helping me get to the next level, helping me understand more so that I can give more, so that I can be more, so that I can take our business to the next level. Yeah, and when you can get, surround yourself with high quality people like what uh, Robert and Russ put together with the real estate yeah. guys, just phenomenal, right? And, and yeah. part of it also, because Shannon, you have that mindset where not only are you there to, to learn from others, but because you have such a vast experience, you're there to give. And so when you're surrounded by people who truly want to help to grow other people, it's just an, it's an accelerator. And, and yeah. sometimes it's hard to believe that those types of environments exist, Correct. but they do. You just have to be prepared to give. You have to be prepared to be vulnerable. And then from that point, you, you allow yourself to be in a situation for growth, personal growth, professional growth, uh, all of the, all the growth that you could be looking for. You know, and I love the fact that you call it an accelerator because it is, because it, it, you know, when you're able to streamline what you're doing and not have to make the same mistakes that your mentor made or that you were you had made in the past, not continue to repeat those, seeing a way around the tree, if you will, and being able to put yourself in a place where you're winning uh, much more often. And now all of a sudden you're building out a tribe by default of people to go, wow, look at what you're doing. I, how are you doing that? And you're just going, ah, well, I'm doing what he said, and I'm doing what she said, and I'm, I'm putting this together. And they go, well, well, how do you do that? Let me repeat that. I'm doing what he said. I'm doing what she right. said. And, and then all of a sudden, it begins to grow, and it begins to rapidly accelerate, and you're able to even give back more than you got. In my okay. opinion, that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm, I'm able to give more than I'm getting, I feel, mm -hmm. which is a phenomenal feeling, but it's helping to build that community, helping to build a tribe that, of people that believe in financial freedom and time freedom. And ultimately that's, I believe that it comes down to that, having that personal freedom. And I think personal freedom means different things to different people, but ultimately if you don't control your time, right, you really don't control anything. Right. I heard it said, uh, I was at the Market Disruptors uh, uh, event in Dallas with uh, Mark Moss, and I heard it okay. said by Casey that if, if you are not in total control of your time, somebody owns you. 
Because if you're having to trade that time for anything, you're controlled and you are not a true owner of yourself. And that whole thought process of, ah, I'm my own boss, I can do what I want, right? Up until the pipe breaks or the person doesn't show up or this or that happens and then you have to go fix the problem. Um, and that's, that's where true freedom uh, is often deceptive. But let, let's shift gears for a minute here, Billy. So now you quit your job after 21 years in the corporate world. You quit 26, your job. 26, 26, 26, 26. 26 years. What are you filling your time with, and, and where do you see the next 12 to 24 months going for you? So the, the biggest thing is, so it's really about focusing and having quality time and spending quality time or may better i was just going to say it in spanish mejor dicho no but um better stated investing my time the way that i want to and it really is focused on time with my quality time with my wife with my boys and i know i made a joke about it earlier but the simple fact that i am taking time and i am aware of how fun how much fun i have with my sons when we're playing video games right it's like, it just, it's making my heart so happy right now to be able to do that. Number yeah. one, being able to get on a plane and fly to the United States and know that I'm going and I don't have to worry about what's happening at the big company and the escalation and all that stuff, because I want to spend time with my dad, with my mom, with my stepmom, my brother and sister, and do it in a way that makes the most sense for me and feel like I am where I want to be and not worried about something else that's going on. Those are the main things. Um, focusing on myself, like I mentioned before, like I'm now saying, hey, look, you know what? I'm gonna treat myself to a massage because I deserve right. to be able to do that. And I want yeah. to be able to do that. And so doing those little things or stopping and having a coffee and, and reading. And at the same time, building out a lot of the infrastructure for, for my company yeah. and making sure that I have the right people on board, giving them the right direction making sure that as we interact with new prospective investors that we're helping understand what is it that they're really trying to achieve and what we're doing does that help them uh, and being able to deepen the relationships so those are it's a, it's really i guess at the end of the day it's i'm able to utilize my time in the way that makes the most sense and that's investing it in the relationships that are most important to me and also being able to spend time on myself and being able to build out the infrastructure and have the right people on my team so that we can best serve our existing investors and our prospective investors. And that's, and that's so counterintuitive to what corporate taught you for 21 years, 26 mm. years. Corporate taught you the more you invest in us, the more we're going to pay you, and that's the direct compensation. At the end of that time, we could or could not renew this contract depending on that performance and our evaluation of it. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. So, Because I always thought, as I mentioned, I was in the in the top talent program and consistently going to Hawaii, which was a place where they sent the top achievers in our company. And the 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 challenge that was happening was I was working a lot of hours. I did like the job, like I, I even on my LinkedIn profile, Shannon. It was like my moniker was happy corporate employee because I enjoyed going in there and I went in there, especially like the last four years, because I wanted to. I enjoyed the things that were happening, but I was spending more and more time there. I was earning more and more um, money, but I was keeping less and less right. because the greedy uncles and aunts that put their hands in our pockets and take right. it for taxes, they were there more and more and more. And so I realized that the hours went up, the taxes went up, 
And so my dollar or euro per hour was going down. Right. I was like, hang on a second. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Your dollar cost averaging was not going right, in the exactly. right direction. It was going in the wrong direction. <laughs> it was going in the wrong direction. Yeah. And, but, but even that, though that was happening, I kept doing it. And it took something that was non-financial, non-professional. It was a real life thing that happened with my dad that made me realize, I don't need to keep doing this. Right. I don't want to keep doing this. I'm not going to keep doing this. And realizing yeah. that, you know, leaving, not being a part of the corporate world, not having to go back to the corporate world because I've been doing things properly with the team uh, over the yep. last number of years. And it's, you know, I feel very, very fortunate to be in the position. I've worked really, really hard, um, surrounded myself with really great people. Yeah. And, and now really focused on going out and serving others. Right. So what I'm hearing you say is that, that what you're now doing is exercising your time freedom to show others how they can also get that same result, even though it wasn't a bad thing. It wasn't that you left the corporate world because it was painful. You left the corporate world because that was the ultimate freedom. And that's what you'd been working toward this whole time. And, and uh, now you're, now you're doing that. You're spending your time with your kids. You're spending your time with your wife and you're doing those kind of things that really, really have the true value in life. Yep. That, that's absolutely correct. And, and one of the things that like I've met a lot of people and I know a lot of people and I know you speak to a lot of people, Shannon, that they are miserable in their jobs, right? They don't like going in. They feel like they have to go into their job. That was not my case. And so I'm not going to talk poorly about corporate life. It gave me a lot of really positive things. And I'm a big fan of corporate life. I also, because I was working really hard, I also I created a way or I created the freedom to, to continue to go in. I didn't need to go in. And so what I want to be able to do and what I focus on doing as it relates to the business, just like you, is helping people to, to put different strategies, tactics, and actions in place so that they can get to the point where they can choose whether or not they want to go into their job. I chose to go in for four years Yeah, because I wanted to go. Yeah. And so if, if you can help people and as, as we continue to help people realize that if you know where the destination is and you understand these vehicles and you feel comfortable with these vehicles, then it's a matter of actually getting in each one of them and trying them. Right. Right. You may not want all of the vehicles. Maybe you don't want to get in a helicopter. It could be the best way to get through there. But if you don't want to get there, then you know what? Right. right. You're going to take a bicycle and you're going to go here and you're going to climb up a rope to get to wherever you need to be. Right. Right. Um, right. And so you have to. And so that's really where and how I'm, I'm looking to continue to help other people to get to their destination as quickly as possible based on what they feel comfortable with. I'm really glad you talked about playing video games with your son earlier because that last analogy had to have come from a video game. You could take the helicopter, but you ride a bike, you climb a rope. You know, there's bad guys over here. Can you tell? Like a little Can you Fortnite tell? going on is what I, what I think. No, no, actually, no Fortnite. But I'll tell you what, they really enjoy ba basketball and quietly. Like I know, I I know there's a lot of people watching and listening to us, but the fact that they really like the NBA is something that's really cool for me also too yeah. because it's kind of like, hey, listen, Daddy, we want to do in the NBA and stuff like that. So I, yeah. I have fun, but yeah. we haven't gotten in the Fortnite stuff is more sports related, more sports related. Good. But yes, I've been influenced by video games and you can tell that. <laughs> so speaking of influence, Billy, what what are some of the give me give me two of the most influential books you've read in your career that really created pivot points for you? Oh, there are two books. The one that, I, I, only two, right? Right. Well, uh, only two. OK, there are a lot of books, though. I know only two, only two. OK, so one book 
the first book actually had to do when I was in my corporate role. And it's one that's really served me well. Uh, it's written by a guy named Marcus Buckingham. And if you've never read it, it's called First Break All the Rules. The reason that was imp that was a good one for me and influenced me a lot, I, as a young manager, I, I mean, I'd managed teams of people of 300 and all that kind of stuff. And across the globe, I you know, worked and traveled throughout 86 countries. So I've been very fortunate that way. But I always thought about management as management. Like I had people that reported to me and I had my, my management style and everybody had to adapt to me. And so I had a really great mentor who recommended that I read this book. And not only did I read the book, I applied the principles and I continued to stay in touch with my mentor. And that book fundamentally helped me be, move and develop from a manager to a leader. It helped me to realize that there is no one management style that fits everybody. It's about me as a leader creating the environment for each one of the individuals that reported to me so that they had the optimal opportunity to, to use their talents. Right. I, it's simplifying it. There's a lot more that goes to it, but it helped me just to go from the mindset of a manager to a leader and recognizing that leadership is about understanding each individual, which means there's a lot of responsibility in leadership in order to do it correctly. And that's something that had an influence on me. And to this day, it's one of the books that I recommend all the time. The other book that without a doubt, and I know you know this book, so I wanted to use it second, um, is G. Edward Griffin's The Creature from Jekyll Island. Yeah, That book, um, not only did it kind of get some emotion going on in me, it helped me understand the way that things are. It opened my eyes to realize what happened in 1913 with the creation of the Federal Reserve and the, and the central banks. And it just opened my eyes. Yeah. And once I started realizing that there are so many things that are connected and interconnected as it relates to what we do on a day-to-day -day basis, I just thought, wow. And the whole way that every single day, if you're not really paying attention, that currency is worth less and less, it may not necessarily be uh, by accident, it's potentially by design, right? Right. And, and so just being able to have that open my eyes and, and I was at a point in my life also too, I think I needed to see that or hear that. And, and it's something that that's, those two books are probably without a doubt the two that I recommend the most. Okay. And because yeah, they've had the biggest impact on me. Well, and, and I could see why as a, as a typical A plus student here, needing to get permission to break the rules was probably something that was very, very helpful early on uh, because, you know, that's what got you into the A-plus. That's what got you into the honors program. That's what got you into all these things uh, was following those rules. And sometimes the rules aren't there uh, for your success, and oftentimes they're not there to set you up to become the the leader. They want you to be the manager, and there's a huge difference. I think that that's a that's an incredible point to take away is that a manager is very, very different than a leader. Uh, and it has everything to do with how they administer those principles and how they look at those management styles. So I'm definitely uh, reading the second one. I've read the, or reading the first one. I've read the second one several times yeah. and it's interesting. It becomes more and more interesting. And I don't use the word interesting, like, like, oh, really more like, Hmm, I see it now. Uh, it becomes more and more interesting as we look at what's happening to inflation, uh, devaluation of our currency, the unraveling of the euro in some regard yeah. where, where you know, Britain got out of the deal. Uh, you're starting to see that just kind of worldwide how w there's more than one creature out there. Ours just mm. happens to be the Federal Reserve. 
and how that is really changing what we are. But as you and I can, Billy, we've we this has uh, been a great conversation. We could go on and on for hours, but <laughs> only hours, probably days. <laughs> well, that's true. Which is why, which is why uh, I am going to get over to see you this year. Um, that it. is a Love promise. It. Um, we're going to coordinate those details offline, but awesome. but really, I want people to understand that they can and they should go check out your podcast, yep. uh, and we're going to put the links to that in in the show notes here. Uh, we're also going to put the two book titles in there so you guys can check those books out. Find Billy where he hides in Barcelona, uh, and when he's not traveling and playing uh, NBA Jam Slam or whatever it is with his kids. <laughs> uh, and I just really want to say thank you, Billy, for everything that you do in creating investor awareness, in creating an, uh, an environment that people can come and learn. And guys, I would really encourage you to, to find Billy uh, and grab the link at the bottom of the show here. Find him, follow him. You're going to get a lot of great information just like this. His podcast is full of all kinds of great information. And just take a minute real quick, Billy, and tell everybody where they can find you and, and how to get, get onto your podcast. Yeah, sure. So the best way is, and like I said, everybody first, just go check out episode 155 because Shannon was an awesome guest. He crushed it on the Going Long podcast with Billy Keels. You can find us on every major platform. Uh, appreciate that. And then also, too, we've been spending a lot of time, especially helping uh, those accredited investors that I mentioned to you before um, who are highway journeys and, you know, typically getting crushed by Uncle Sam or tax the person wherever you live, specifically in the U.S. But um, and if you want to find out more about how we're helping, you can go to firstgencp. Uh, forward slash or dot com forward slash invest it's firstgencp.com forward slash invest you can find out more about us there and i love connecting with people on linkedin as well shannon as you know so i think i'm the only billy keels in barcelona spain so if anybody wants hey. to connect there they can uh, they can also connect there <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that that's not really a, a keels is not a real barcelona family name no i don't Pretty think so easy to spot so <laughs> Hey, thanks, Billy, for being on the on the podcast. And guys, if you would, uh, like Billy said, give us a like, give us a comment, uh, help us build our brand here at the Real Estate Rundown. We sure appreciate you guys tuning in. We look forward to having you on the next episode. And thanks again, Billy, for all of your time and wisdom. Thanks, Shannon. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Real Estate Rundown. Let these newfound strategies pave the way to start a successful career or a profound rebranding. If you loved everything you have heard, listen to more conversations at www.shannonrobnet.com and be sure to leave a rating, share it with your friends, and subscribe. Until the next episode.